Welcome to Precepts of Faith. This is Conrad DeFries. The title of our Bible teaching, Bible lesson today is Effectual Prayer. And this is part two of a three-part series. And in this lesson, uh, I'm teaching on seven different kinds of prayer. And just as there are different rules, uh, or I call it different spiritual laws, um, uh, affect different kinds of prayer, just like in sports. All sports is not just sports. You, you don't play football by baseball rules. Um, and uh, if you did, you'd really have a mess. And the different kinds of prayer in the Word of God, um, uh, they have different spiritual laws or different rules in other, to make those prayers effective. Um, and we want to really sharpen, let the Holy Spirit sharpen our, all of our lives um, to become effective in prayer. Tremendous things happen with effective praying. Uh, people's lives can be saved. Um, doors can be opened the, for the gospel to go forward. Tremendous things um, in prayer. Many times it's in prayer where you really win the victory um, and then God brings it into manifestation. Many times prayer, that's why we, we think of Ephesians chapter 6, the whole armor of God, um, as prayer armor because that's where you go into battle. That's where you fight the enemy. That's where you gain ground. That's where you decide from the Word of God. God is wanting to do something, but he can't just do it. Um, He's looking for people like all of us and people in the body of Christ um, to pray effectively so his will can be done um, on the earth. Um, I'm just going to mention to begin with seven different kinds of prayer, and then I'm going to go into them, uh, each one of them a little more. Number one is the prayer of faith, or we call that the prayer of petition. And a lot of people maybe think that's the only kind of prayer there is. They're always asking God for something, petitioning him, making a request, and then just see if he happens to be in a good humor and want to answer that prayer. But that's one kind of prayer. The second kind of prayer is the prayer of agreement. Number three, the prayer of commitment. We could also call that the prayer of casting all your care upon him. The fourth kind of prayer is the prayer of worship and praise. Um, sometimes we just think of prayers asking God for something, going to God, begging him, petitioning him. But really, worship and praise um, is a very powerful avenue of prayer. Um, number five is united prayer, where the whole church, the whole body, the whole group of people are in prayer on the same thing. Number six, the prayer of intercession. Number seven the prayer in the Spirit, or praying in other tongues. And like I said, there are different spiritual laws that go into effect. The Bible is filled with spiritual laws. The law of faith, the law of righteousness, the law of love, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. God operates the kingdom of God with spiritual laws just like we have gravity and the speed of light and the speed of sound, all kind of natural laws. There's also spiritual laws. 
So to begin with, I want to talk about the prayer of faith, um, which is the prayer of petition. Um, we think of that prayer, uh, we think of Mark 9:23, for example, all things are possible to him that believeth them. We think of um, John 15 and 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, um, and it shall be done unto you. James chapter 1 and verse 6, um, you know, he said, to starts off talking about wisdom, but said, let him ask in faith um, nothing wavering, talking about the prayer of faith. Um, let him ask in faith. In Matthew chapter 21 and verse 22, um, in all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. That is the prayer of faith. Um, that's why you only pray the prayer of faith one time. Other types of prayer you may pray over and over, and we'll be talking about that. But the prayer of faith, you just pray it one time. Why? Because when you pray that prayer, you believe you receive it when? When you pray. So if you believe you've received it, you don't continue to ask the same thing. Otherwise, it becomes a, a prayer of unbelief. You say, well, my God, I'm going to ask you again. You, you said you'd hear me when I pray, if I pray according to your will. But I'm going to ask you again. Well, if you believe you receive when you pray, then you don't pray it again. Mark 11:24. Wherefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. I think it's the Weymouth translation says, if you believe that you have received them, you shall have them. Talking about um, the prayer of faith. Um, you pray it one time, um, and it is, it's primarily a, a prayer for the individual. This prayer is not so much a prayer that you pray for other people. It's not where you're in intercession. It's not where you're in praise and worship. This is a prayer primarily that you pray for yourself um, and you believe that you receive when you base it on um, the Word of God. Um, and it's, um, it, is, it is you doing the praying. It's not somebody else praying for you. It's not somebody agreeing with you. It's not uh, anything else. It, it's you doing the praying um, and, you are, and you are praying for yourself. Um, the next type of prayer is the prayer of agreement. Um, we find this in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 19. Um, again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree um, on earth um, as, as touching anything that they, notice that word, they shall ask. Um, it's not just one person saying, pray with me and agree such and such. In this case, actually, the, the Bible is very clear. They both do the asking. They both, whatever they shall ask, um, it shall be done uh, for them uh, of my Father which is in heaven. So it's not just one person. It's two people. They are in agreement. Um, and it will not work if, if, if any of these people are in strife. Um, they have to really be in harmony like a symphony in agreement. They have to be walking a lifestyle, 
a life of agreement um, on the Word of God um, in agreeing what and in agreement on what they are praying for. That prayer does have to be prayed in faith, um, but this is where two people are in agreement. Um, and this, this is a tremendous, powerful prayer that is available to the believers. Um, it actually makes you five times stronger. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32 and verse 30, he says, one shall, one shall chase a thousand, two shall chase ten thousand. In the book of Joshua, chapter 23 and verse 10, he says, one of you shall chase a thousand. In other words, you can put a thousand to flight, and someone else can put a thousand to flight, but when you get in an agreement, like in harmony, there's no strife, you are totally in agreement with someone else, um, then two can put 10,000 to flight. That means you get five and they get five. In other words, you can do five times. Um, it, it is a powerful promise um, of the Word of God um, for believers. Um, then we come to the third kind of prayer, which is the prayer of commitment. Um, this could also be called the prayer of consecration. It could be called the prayer of casting all your care upon the Lord. And in this, this is one prayer that you can pray if it be thy will. This prayer involves praying about where to live, what the ministry is in your life, what God wants you to do. Many decisions that you have to make in life are not always clear from the written word of God. And so with this prayer, you pray, if it be thy will. In Luke chapter 22, in verse 42, Jesus here saying, Father, if, it be, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. But nevertheless, thy will be done. But this is the only prayer. We don't pray the prayer of faith, if it be thy will, because we know Healing is his will. Salvation is his will. Victory over the devil is his will. Casting out devils is his will. Many things are his will. We don't pray that if it be thy will, but when it comes to places and, and different decisions and what to do about certain things, and then, then we do pray him if, if it be thy will. So... Um, Let me just make sure here. Um, all right, now still talking about the prayer of commitment. Um, uh, he tells us in the book of Luke, um, I mean in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 25 and 26, um, he says, Wherefore uh, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, what you shall put on on your body. For the Lord knows what you have need of even before you ask him. He says, take no thought. The word take no there actually means do not take possession or do not catch. Do not take possession or catch. Take no what? No thought. The word here for thought doesn't mean you don't plan for tomorrow. You don't get a schedule. You don't make uh, preparations for tomorrow. 
the word thought there means to take worry. You have worry, anxiety, frustration, upsetness. And do not take possession of it. Don't catch it. Don't take hold of worry and things like that because God, if he's going to take care of the fowls of the air, he's going to feed them and supply their every need. How much more will he take care of you? In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. In the Amplified Bible, it says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in everything and in every situation, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. You, cannot, you can't take a care and a burden and an anxiety to God for him to answer that if you or I are still carrying it. If we're carrying the anxiety and the worry and the fretting, but we have to take it to him and turn it over to him, then he can answer it. He will not take it from us, but we have to give it to him. We have to cast that care upon him. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 16, in verse 3, it says, Commit thy ways unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. The Amplified Bible says, Roll your works upon the Lord, and he will cause your thoughts to become agreeable with his will. We're talking about victory in prayer. We're talking about the different kinds of prayer. And we started off in the last lesson talking about Ephesians 6.18, praying with all prayer. Actually, other translation says, praying with all manner, with all kinds of prayer, being led by the Spirit. Sometimes you won't get an answer just by using one kind of prayer. It may, the Holy Spirit may lead you to this kind of prayer, that kind of prayer, another kind of prayer. Actually, we don't think about it, but when we really get into prayer, we could be praying several kinds of prayer. In other words, praying all kinds, all manner of prayer, being led by the Holy Spirit. We're talking about getting victory through prayer. God needs the body of Christ to be effectual praying people. The effectual fervent prayer, he says, the Amplified says, causes much power to become available. The effective prayer changes things. You get into prayer and it changes you. And then you can take your faith and change things. In, um, in the book of 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7, he says, Casting all your care upon the Lord, for he cares for you. That's, that's one effective way to pray. Release that load. Release that burden. Roll that work off upon him. Cast that care upon him. Take it to him in prayer. Not fretting, not being anxious, but rolling your works, rolling your burden upon him 
and he then can answer prayer. In Psalms 37, verse 5, commit thy way unto the Lord. Uh, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will bring it to pass. The word commit there, it just means to cast, to roll your burden on the Lord. A lot of people, you know, you talk to them, but they hold on to that burden. They hold on to that worry. They hold on to that fear. They hold, oh, I don't know. Oh, we're just an uncertain what we're going to do. But when you take this prayer and you go to God, you cast that care upon him. That's what Jesus did in the garden. He said, Father, if it be possible, if it could be your will, remove this cup from me. He, he, his very flesh, he came to go to the cross. But it's still not easy. It's still very, it was taking everything. His sweat was his drops of blood. Sometimes to do the will of God is not easy. People are always looking for something easy. They're looking for something that's just going to be smooth and it's just all going to work out fine. Sometimes the will of God takes everything within you and your trust, rolling your burdens upon him to be able to do his will. And that's where Jesus was. His sweat became as drops of blood. But when you go to the Lord, you cast the care the burden, the anxiety, the worry. You cast and put all your trust in him. When you cast it on him, then he can go to work to bring it to pass. Amen. Next we have the prayer of worship and praise. A lot of people don't think about that as being, uh, you know, a, a type of prayer, but it is. Um, and we're not we're not talking about singing to others. Um, we're talking about worshiping and praising and singing to the Lord. We're talking about getting our eyes upon Him. We're not ministering to other people when we are worshiping and praising the Lord. We've got our eyes upon Him. Why should we pray this kind of prayer? This kind of prayer will draw us nigh to him. He says, draw nigh to him, and he, will, and he will draw nigh to you. Many times during times of worship and praise is when the Holy Ghost will speak to you and show you the very will and the very plan of God. In the early church, as they were praising and worshiping God, the Lord added to the church such as should be saved. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 46 and 47, we see um, worship is when, is when the Lord will speak to you. Uh, he spoke to uh, Paul and Barnabas um, in the book of Acts, chapter 13 and verse 2. Um, as they ministered not to one another, not to a congregation, as they ministered to the Lord. We need to take more specific time and minister to the Lord himself. Worship him. Praise him. Sing to him. Get, get our hearts and minds right upon him. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Lord said, separate me 
Paul and Barnabas for the work they've called to do. The first missionary journey was the instructions came. While they were not singing to one another or to a congregation, they were ministering and praising to the Lord. We see also that uh, that God <clears throat> opened the prison doors and he'll bring deliverance and victory. In the book of Acts, chapter 16, verses 25 um, in 26, um, Paul and Silas were in jail at midnight, um, but they were praying and praising and singing to the Lord, not to the people there, but to the Lord. And the Lord sent an earthquake and, and shook that prison grounds and opened those prison doors. When you're worshiping and praising God, Many times it will bring deliverance from the enemy. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22. This is where the children of Judah and the armies of Judah and Jehoshaphat, they had heard from the Lord, and they sent singers and praisers out ahead of the army. One way, he said, you shall go out tomorrow against the enemy. But how were they going against the enemy? They were going against the enemy with singing and praising. The Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. One of the great ways to fight the enemy is through worship and praise to the Lord. Not, not to people, but to the Lord. In Psalms chapter 8, in verse 2, he says, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast ordained praise, um, has ordained strength um, because of thine enemies. Um, he said, it, it will steal, S-T-I-L-L, steal the enemy and the avenger. That word steal means to silence. It means to get rid of. Um, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast ordained strength. Um, You'll get strength the more you worship and praise the Lord. Jesus actually quoted from this verse in Matthew chapter 21 and verse 16. He says, Have you not read them out of the mouth of babes and sucklings? And thou hast perfected praise. And he's talking about the prayer of praise and worship to the Lord. It gives you strength. And it defeats the enemy. We're talking about different kinds of prayer as we are led by the Spirit. God wants us to be more effective in prayer. Number five is united prayer. This is where the whole group or the whole church is praying together in unison, in agreement together. We see in, we see in the book of Acts chapter 4, in verse 24, and then verse 31, um, the place was shaken as they praying, um, uh, as they were in, in united prayer, um, and God sent them forth uh, with signs, wonders, and miracles. Acts chapter 5 and verse 15, um, and they went forth, um, and God was working with them with signs and, worker, signs and wonders um, and miracles. Um, Next, number six, uh, is the prayer of intercession. Intercession is not something you do for yourself. Um, it's something you do for another, for someone else. Um, 
This is where we need to have on the whole armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6, um, verses 10 through 20. Um, Jesus, uh, the Lord, actually had on the whole armor of God um, as our intercessor in Isaiah chapter 59, verses 16 and 17. Um, this is where we are able to get answers for other people. We are interceding for another, for someone else. Now, all of these prayers, we could go into them tremendously. They all have, we could spend several classes, you might say, upon these. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 26, he says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself or himself maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. The word helpeth up there means to take hold together with against. There's a whole book written just on that. Brother Kenneth Hagin had it republished and put out explaining this word here, helpeth, our infirmities. Now, sometimes when we think of infirmities, we think of sicknesses and so forth like that. But here he tells us what these infirmities are. These infirmities are our inability to pray exactly the way we need to pray. Now, in the next session, when we come, when we come back, we'll be going more into this praying in the Spirit and, and how the Holy Spirit Actually, we know what we know how to pray. We pray in the name of Jesus to the Father. We know many things from the Word of God what to pray for. But there's some things that we don't know as we ought how to pray. And when we get to praying in the Spirit, then He will pray through us the perfect will of God that we can pray as we ought to pray Him. Then we have number seven kind of prayer, the prayer in the Spirit um, or praying in tongues. And this kind of prayer is available for every believer. We'll be covering that more in depth in the next Bible class. Um, but speaking in tongues, this speaking in tongues is available to every born-again person. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 14, um, he says, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. In other words, when you pray in tongues, it is your spirit giving unction from the Holy Spirit, but you're actually doing the praying yourself. It's not, you say, well, I'm just waiting for the Holy Spirit to pray through me. I heard of one lady years ago that said, well, I'm, I'm not really praying anymore. I found out that the Holy Spirit's interceding and praying for me. No, it doesn't work that way. You still have to do the praying, but the Holy Spirit will give you utterance. But he says, it's my, when I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. And isn't it wonderful? We can pray directly to God in other tongues um, and be communicating with him, one translation says, divine secrets. Um, we can talk right to him 
and he understands the language, we can pray things as we ought. Pray for things exactly the way they need to be prayed by the Holy Spirit. Well, we're going to stop there this evening. Praise God, and we're just believing that God is stirring all of us to be more effective in prayer so that God can get more things done upon the earth. Amen. Amen.